What, the book of James, chapter number 5. James, chapter 5. Thank you for allowing us to come. We hadn't been down in this area in a long time. Used to preach down here in the, back in the 70s and preached at Hurricane Baptist Church and different ones. So I was glad to be back in Mississippi again. And uh, appreciate you letting us come. I enjoyed the preaching. And I'll say what i got to say and get out of the way and let Brother Leonard come. I, I love to hear Brother Leonard preach. One of my favorite preachers, I like to hear him preach. I even like to hear Brother Steve, amen, every once in a while, you know. But uh, uh, we go a long way back, Brother, Brother Steve does. And I always thought he was one of them dignified preachers. He should have been a politician, see, amen. But uh, I appreciate it. Thank you for letting us come, amen. All right, the book of James, chapter number 5, and I'm going to read verses number 13. Read the rest of the chapter and say what i got to say, and I'll try to move on. But it says uh, in verse 13, Is there any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him and on him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. If he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Life was a man that was subject to like passion as we are. He prayed earnestly that it might not rain. It rained not only the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again and the heaven gave rain and the earth brought forth her fruit. Brethren, if any of you do err from the truth and one convert him, let him know that he which converteth the sinner... From the error of his way shall save us all from death, shall hide a multitude of sin. I'm interested in verse number 16. It said, confess your faults one to another, pray one for another that you may be healed. Then he gives this statement, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. I think there's two things that's needed in our lives and in our churches today. Of course, number one is the Word of God and, and prayer. The old writer said that, uh, that the Word of God is God talking to us. and Prayer is us talking to God. You've got to have both. But he said in that phrase, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. My dad, my dad was Roy Goodson. He taught me how to live by faith. And, uh, but my mother taught me how to pray. My mother was a praying lady, and uh, many times we'd come home from school. Mother would be in the closet. She took that literal, and she'd be in the closet. Sometimes it'd be two hours before she'd come out. But she taught us how to pray, and I'm thankful for that. Amen. But the writer said, The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. For just a few minutes, I want to pull everything I can pull out of that one phrase and that one statement. When I think about that, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. First of all, I think about the privilege that we have to pray. My, ain't that a blessing that we have that privilege? Used to, didn't, you couldn't go before the throne. You had to go, you know, through the high priest and, and uh, had to wait a certain time. And Catholics still do that, I guess. They have to go wait on the priest, you know, and, and pray. But thank God, because of the blood of Christ, a new and living way has been opened. And I myself personally can go into the throne room of God. 
I don't know about you, but thank God for that privilege uh, that we can enter into the throne. I'm glad I don't have to. I don't glad I, I don't have to wait on you or depend on you to pray for me. Amen. You know, sometimes uh, uh, we, Brother Richard, we we talk a lot, and see each other, and uh, and he'll say I'm praying for him. But I guarantee, you, since the last time, Brother Richard, you saw me, there's probably been days you didn't think about me. There's probably been days that you didn't even cross my mind. There's probably been days you didn't even talk to God about me. Well, ain't you glad I'm not depending on you? Thank God I can get up in the morning in the midnight hours and approach the throne of grace because I've been saved by the grace of God. Amen. I was talking to, uh, uh, I'm not much on cell phones, but I got one. And I had a flip phone for a long time. And, my, and they talked me into getting one of them smartphones. And I'm dumb. It's smart. Amen. And, and, uh, and I was over there and, and I was talking to that guy. And he said, he said oh, said uh, Prince Augustin said, you need one of these. said, said uh, you got access to everything. And said, you can, you know, you can uh, uh, pay your bills on it. He's telling me all that stuff you could do on it and everything. And he said, you got access. And I told him, I said, I don't understand how this works. Uh, I said, I don't understand. I said, I could be riding down the road. And y'all may understand this, but I, never, I didn't even understand landlines. Amen. How you could be in Texas and dial a number and immediately answered in Tennessee. I blows my mind. And when they come up with this cell phone stuff, uh, he said, well, he said, preachers like this. He said, it's got a little frequency, a little thing, a frequency in there. And said, no matter where you go, he said, that thing will catch up. And my friend, they got satellites up yonder and it'll pick that up. And my friend, throw it in where you're dialing. Boy, when he said that, I looked at him and I said, hey, buddy. I said, 65 years ago, I said, I got saved. Holy Ghost come in my heart. I said, he's got tuned into the right frequency and I've got access. They thank God to the throne of God because of the blood of Christ. Ain't you glad? Thank God. I, look at that. He said, is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. I'm glad I've got access to pray myself. Then I thought about this. It's a privilege to pray one for another. The Bible says in there, he said, my friend, pray one for another. I don't know about you, but I think it's a blessing. Ain't you glad you got a church? Boy, you got troubles and hardships. I remember, Brother Steve, back in the end of the day, when we'd come, people be burdened and troubled. You know what they'd do? Before church ever started, they'd say, preacher, can I say a word? Come down there and they'd say, boy, I'm burdened, I'm troubled. Before we ever start, boy, the saints of God would gather around them and pray. Boy, aren't you glad we have the privilege to pray one for another? another uh, and share one another's burdens. Uh, I was in a meeting a while back uh, and we got down in the altar to pray and a little old boy got down beside me, probably 12 years old, uh, and my, he got down beside me, Brother Fletcher, uh, and all of a sudden uh, he got to call him my name in prayer. Uh, he said, God bless Brother Goodson tonight. Uh, Lord, touch Brother Goodson and after about three or four times, I just quit praying uh, and just sat there listening. Uh, my heart was overwhelmed. Uh, he was a little old boy calling my name, uh, throwing my name to heaven. Uh, I'm telling you, I'm glad we have these the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Not only the privilege, but I thought about the promise. I thought about the 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 effectual, fervent prayer, my friend, availeth much. You know what that is? That's a promise from God. What he's saying is, the effectual, if you'll pray, I promise.
promise you, my friend, I'll hear from heaven. Boy, aren't you glad God, God is faithful in his promises. He's not slack. My friend, he said, call unto me, and what I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things. If my people were to call on my name, will humble himself and pray, seek my face, turn from the wicked way. What? I will hear from heaven, and come and heal their land. He talks about in the book of Luke, he talks about ask, and it shall be given you seek and you shall find knock and it shall be opened that's a promise from God that's not a promise from the Republicans the Democrats or nobody else that's a promise from God and God said the effectual fervent you know what I thought about this brother kid if nothing if I don't preach no more I'm going to but if I didn't just the fact that God promised us he would pray he would hear us ought to be enough to drive us to our knees and drive us to the altars and drive us to the throne room just the fact that God promised us if we'd pray, he'd show us great and mighty things. Boy, aren't you glad? You know, sometimes you promise your kids stuff. Sometimes you say, say uh, will you promise? I say, I promise. Especially your grand young ones. Probably, will you take me here and do that? And I say, I promise. And you know what? But sometimes things happen and you can't do it and you have to look at them. And they look at you and say, but I promise, Papa. You promise. And I say, I know that, but I'll make it up. I can't help it. But I'll tell you what, when God promises you something, you can take it to the bank, buddy. He ain't going to back out because he already knows what's coming ahead. And if he promises you something, you can bank on it. And he said, the effectual prayer, I promise you, if you'll pray an effectual fervent prayer, I will hear from heaven, and I'll show you great and mighty things. Then I thought about not only the privilege to pray, and not only the, my friend to promise, but I thought about the prayer. If you notice that, he said, he said, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. In other words, the actual prayer. He talks about, and Elias was a man subject to like passion we are, and he prayed. He prayed. He didn't think about it. He didn't hear a message about it. He didn't hear a song about it. He didn't read a book about it. Several years ago, back in the 80s, I guess it was, I was going down to the coast to preach a revival. And on the, I told my wife, I got every book I had, Brother Steve, on prayer. I got it out and put it in his hand. My wife said, why in the world are you carrying so many books? I said, well, that preacher works. And I said, the only time I'll see him is at church. And I thought I'd be down there by myself. I thought I'd just take these books on prayer and read them and let God stir my soul about praying. And before I got to the van, headed down the road, drove about 10, 12 hours Pulled in there, got in the motel, changed clothes, went to church, come back, got me a, a little sandwich and a Pepsi, and I come in there and sit down in the room. I thought, well, I'll read one of them books tonight. And I didn't pick one out. I just reached over and got the book on the top. I opened it up, and the first page, the first paragraph, it said, read all the books you want to read. But if you want to learn to pray, practice, practice, practice. I just laid the book back there, got down between the knees, and we got in the beds and started practicing. You know, what my friend it didn't say he talked about it it didn't say he thought about it he said he prayed and what's wrong with it? we talk about it we talk about the importance and the necessity but he said the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much if you'll pray if you'll actually pray in fact he said you have not because you ask not amen my friend, he talks about that prayer. My friend, being able to uh, to pray. I, I thought about this back years ago. You know, some of you young guys don't know. know you won't know about this, but some of you older people, you know when we used to have Sears? And they'd send them catalogs out? Want wishes? 
He says, bad, but Mother always kept ours in the bathroom. <laughs> While you're done your business, you read the Sears and Rose book catalog. Amen. I would just tell you how it was. And my friend, and you know what? That book would stir up your wants. You could look at that and it would stir. They sent it out for that reason. And you could order stuff. And my friend, get it. And I, you know, and I thought about that, thought about that the other day. But they sent that book out. Supposing when they sent that Sears book out. And I looked at it and I thought, man, I'd like to have that. And boy, I go down to Sears. They ain't in operation no more. But if I went down to Sears and I walk in and they say, can I help you? I say, yeah, I'll come to pick up my package. And they say, well, uh, what's your phone number? And you give them your phone number. And they went back there and come back out. They said, Sir, we can't find your phone number. Uh, when did you order this? I said, oh, I didn't order it. I just sent it in your wish book, and I kind of want it. And you know what they'd say? If you want it, you got to order it. And my friend, you, my friend, if you want something from God, I don't care how many promises you got. I don't care, my friend, what he said he'll do. If you don't order nothing, you ain't going to get nothing. And that's what's wrong with our people today. We want something, but we're not ordering nothing. Amen. We come in here, want God to bless us, but we're not ordering no blessings. We're asking God to help us, but we're not ordering no help. My friend, if you're going to get help, you got to order it. He said, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man, a balanced mother. He didn't talk about it, but he actually prayed, and God heard his prayer. Then I thought about something else. I thought about the procedure of this prayer. The procedure. He said, the effectual fervent prayer. Of a righteous man. He didn't say just the prayer. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man. I thought about that. I looked that word up fervent. It means very intense. Very sincere. Very earnest. <laughs> that does away with our praying, don't it? Uh, bless my forward no more. Now I lay me down to sleep. Pray my soul to keep. Amen. We're grinning while we're praying. But he said that effectual fervent sincere prayer. Amen. <laughs> There's a difference in just praying and praying in a fervent, sincere attitude. It's like kissing your wife. You get one of them packs as you go by, but sometimes you can get a good lingering one. It's a whole lot better. Amen. Come on now, help me out, huh? Some of you ain't kissed in a while. Try that. Amen. But you know what, my friend? That's sincere. Fervent, sincere prayer. My friend, it means a lot. He said that effectual, effectual. I looked at that word effectual. It means to put in operation. It means to make active, to take effect. It means able to cause something to happen. Can I ask you a question? How long has it been since something happened because you prayed? <laughs> How long since God said anything in your prayer? How long since you didn't do all the talking? Most of us got our little prayer list, hold it up. God bless this, bless that, bless this, take care of this, God touch it. And God, when you get all that done, we got another list. And God don't say nothing. Amen. I'm talking about that effectual prayer, that, that prayer that actually leaves your heart, makes its way through, and the Holy Ghost takes it and touches in the throne room. And my friend, God hears and answers your prayer and says something in your prayer. The effectual fervor, it's like making a phone call. Now, years ago, we didn't have all this cell phone stuff. We had phone booths. And you traveled 10, 12 hours, you didn't have phones. And so you had to wait till you got to the motel. And uh, Brother Steve, you remember this? Some motel didn't even have phones. And we'd use phone booths. I used so many phone booths, I thought I was Superman. 
Half the church stand out there freezing to death trying to talk to you, darling. Amen. And I let Wilf get us out in Texas to meet the meeting. And back then you had to call collect. Amen. Come on, you older people, say amen right there. Had to call collect, you know. The operator put it through, and they'd go to the other line, and they'd say, collect call. And that little whiff get the operator put it through, and, and there's somebody answered on the other end of the phone, some lady, and I said, that ain't her. And she said, I'm sorry, but we'll try again. So she put it through again. Had a woman answer the phone, I said, that's not her. And she said, I'm sorry, we're having so much trouble, we'll try it again. And the third time they tried it, there's a man answered. I said, that better not be her. Amen. And the fourth time uh, she put it through, uh, my wife answered on the other end, and she said, hello. I said, that's her. You know, I know her voice. And I said, that's her. Boy, ain't it good when you pray, and God picks up on the other end and says, hello. Boy, I tell you, you can say, I have made an effective phone call. If I call Brother David back there, and it rings and rings, and it rings off the wall, he can't say, I can't say I made a phone call. I can say I tried. But when I call him, he picks up and says, hello, this is David. I can say I have made an effectual Phone call. Boy, ain't it good when you're praying. And boy, all of a sudden, God picks up on the other end and says, Hello. And my friend, you know you broke through heaven. And thank God you know you're talking to God. You just shut up and let God talk a little while. I'm talking to the prayer that actually causes something to happen. Uh, I remember them days when we didn't have credit cards. <laughs> you go to Oklahoma or somewhere for a meeting, they'd give you a check. You're going to drive home all night, didn't have no money, <laughs> didn't have no credit card, couldn't get a check cash. You just trusted God to get you to the house. Amen. I remember coming home one time, me and Daddy, Brother Steve was riding down the road. I was just a kid. We was riding the road, and, Daddy, and my Daddy said, son, we ain't got no, we ain't got no money. <laughs> and he said, we got to get out there to this meeting, and we ain't got no money. And I said, well, he said, we're going to have to pray. And boy, my daddy, he'd ride down the road out here, my mom, and he was a praying. And I kept looking over at that guy saying, it's got lower and lower. It got down. I'm telling you, we run on fumes a long ways. <laughs> I kept looking over, and I said, Daddy, we're going to run out of gas. And my friend, he kept passing stations and passing stations. And all of a sudden, he whooped in to a station, pulled in there. That's when they pumped gas for you. That guy come up and said, what could it do for you? They said, fill her up. I thought, fill her up? He's lied to me. He said, didn't have no money. And my friend, you know, he just stood there. That guy's pumping the gas. He said, where are y'all headed? Daddy said, I'm Preacher Goodson. He said, I'm headed up the road. And I'm going to start a meeting up here tonight. And I said, he said, I'm trying to get up here to that meeting. And they talked a little bit. And when they got, got good, put the gas thing back up. Daddy done like this. And that guy said, Preacher, don't worry about it. It's on me. Just have a good meeting. I started up the road. I looked at Daddy and I said, Daddy, how did you know to stop at that station? He said, I just kept praying until God said, that's the one. Pull in. Oh, I'm going to tell you, that's the kind of praying that'll get her done. Thank God when you know. Thank God we sing that song. Oh, no. He heard my prayer. How long was it bad since you get off your knees and say, oh, no. I know. He heard my prayer. That effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man of valor. Then let me show you something. Look at the person of prayer. He said the effectual, fervent prayer of a what? Of a righteous man. You ever heard this old saying, well, anybody can pray? <laughs> no. Huh? You may not agree with this, but sinners can't pray. The only thing friend, sinners can pray is, Lord, be merciful. Sinners get saved. But now after they get that, they can, they, all of it opens up. 
Somebody said, well, I'm saved. I can pray. No, not necessarily. <laughs> he said, the effects of fervent prayer of a righteous man. Amen. <laughs> you said, well, Psalms 96 says, if I regard iniquity, God will not hear me. That word regard, I looked at that up a while ago. It means to hold on to, to think on, to consider, to look on, to esteem, my friend, to pay attention to. God said if I regard iniquity, if I hold on to anything, if I, my friend, refuse to let it go, if I esteem, if I cleave to something that's not right, God will not hear my prayer. <laughs> he said my arm is not short, I can't reach it. My ears not so heavy, I can't hear you. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God. Boy, I tell you, it pays to keep your heart clean. It pays to keep your sin confessed. My friend, it pays to keep that channel clean. Everything opens up. My friend, because you never know when you're going to have to pray. And I tell you what, I don't want to be over there. My friend, trying to confess and get everything straight when I need an emergency time of prayer. Huh? People think they can lay out of church and get a prayer answer. Leave your Bible unread for a week, then it won't get a prayer answer. Come on, now don't die on me here. <laughs> I'm an old timer. I'm an old timer. I believe it's a sin not to read your Bible. Amen. I believe it's a sin, my friend, to be unfaithful to church. I just believe that. Amen. Hate your brother. Somebody said, boy, I had one guy, he, I was visiting the hospital, and he said, Brother Mike, let's pray. I said, I'll pray. You can't pray. He looked at me and said, what do you mean I can't pray? I said, you hate your brother-in-law. I said, you can't pray till you get your brother-in-law and your heart right with God. I said, I'll pray. You listen. Amen. I didn't want him messing up my prayer. I'm going to tell you, my friend, he said, the effectual perfect prayer of a righteous man availeth much. My friend, listen. My friend, sometimes these phone lines get blocked. Sometimes you'd be riding the road, and all of a sudden, uh, my friend, it, it goes off, and you, you, something happens, uh, and the phone dies on you. Uh, my friend, I'm going to tell you, when you got sin in your life, your phone dies on you. <laughs> your access gets blocked up. Old Brother Earl Hughes, I don't know Brother Earl, but old Brother Earl Hughes, he preached the one I don't know how to get to God. After service, we went over, and we'd stay in the motel together. I said, Brother Earl, how do you get to God? And he looked at me and said, you're serious, ain't you? I said, yeah. He said, well, I'll tell you what I do. He said, it might work for you, but I'll tell you what I do. He said, I go off somewhere by myself, out in the woods where ain't nobody else around. And he said, I confess everything I can think of. That's wrong. Everything I can even think of or think that it might be possible, it's blocking me. And he said, when I get everything confessed that I know of, he said, I ask God, what? Is there anything left out? He said, after a long time of confessing, <laughs> he said, go, go, say, that's it. Channel's clear. <laughs> he said, I got access to God. Huh? You know, most of us don't pray long enough to get right with God. Most people, my friend, come to the altar, they meet themselves, my friend, coming up or going down. Amen. Come down here, you know, brother, head and they take off back to you, Hunter. My friend, hey, they come down there and confess their sins. God help me, I'm not right with God on Sunday morning and don't show back up on Sunday night. Hey, they wasted their time. Uh, boy, ain't it good when you get the channel clear. It's like fussing with your wife. I know y'all ain't never fussed with them, but sometimes I, I create a fuss. 
just to make up. <laughs> but you ever get a little fussing on your wife? I know y'all don't ever do this. But, you know, sometimes you get a little ill or something's happened, you know, and you kind of break up. And you know what? I go to my office. I say, I ain't talking to you. She's in the kitchen. Just leave me alone. She'll say, I'm fine. You know she ain't fine because she's in the kitchen slapping dishes down and everything else. I'm wanting to be in there talking to her. She wants me in there talking to her. But I'm mad and she's mad. But after a while, I'm, I'm trying to study. You can't study. You try to pray. You can't pray. Every time you look at a verse, all you can see that, my friend, is her. And you ease your bag way back into the kitchen. And you stand around there. We got a little bar thing in there. Not a beer bar, but a bar in our kitchen. And, and we ease in there. And I'll be leaning over against that thing, you know, and keep on easing. Next thing I see her, she's kind of easing back over there. And next thing you know, we, we kind of, you know, I say, honey, it's my fault. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't like to be like this. I want to get everything right. And she'll say, no, it's my fault. I'm sorry. And we, we nearly get another fuss trying to figure out who's sorry. And we get everything okay. You know what? We do a little kissy-kissy. Everything's okay. You go back in your office, you pick up that same Bible. God begins to speak to your heart. She's in there whispering, singing Amazing Grace, how sweet. So you know what happened? We got that channel clear. Boy, ain't it good when you get the channel clear. Everything's wrong. The effects of fervent prayer of a righteous man. And your heart's clean. Boy, you can look up to God and get access and do a little kissy-kissy with God if you'll have that. See, let me go, I got to hurry. That's the privilege. That's the promise. That's the prayer. That's the procedure. That's the person. But look at the pressure of this thing. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man of Elizabeth, Elias was subject to like passions we are. But he prayed. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying we all face the same things. You may be somewhere now, and I may be somewhere else, and next week you may be where I'm at. But we all face the same passions, the same troubles, the same. But you know what the difference is? He prayed. When he faced those things, he prayed. You know, sometimes we run down here and say, Preacher, pray for me. I'm going through a storm. I'm going through a hardship. I'm going through a difficulty. Pray for me. And they, you're not even praying for yourself. <laughs> Amen. And I'll tell you what, my friend, those passions we face, sometimes the best thing, my daddy used to say this. He said sometimes when you're going through problems and trials and hardship, he said the best thing to do is just shut everything down in your life and get in your back bedroom and get a hold of God. Quit calling everybody and quit trying to figure it all out. Just get in the prayer room and give it to God. We're all subject to the same things like patience. We all suffer that. Then look at something else. Look at the persistence of this prayer. The effects of fervent prayer of a righteous man of Elohim. And he said, Elijah was subject like patience. We are. He prayed. And then the Bible said in verses number 18, and he prayed again. He didn't just pray one time. <laughs> he prayed again. If you look at that thing, that means he prayed again and again. And again, amen. And sometimes, you know, people come down, they have one prayer, and if God don't do it, they say, well, even us preachers do this. Well, I prayed about it, and he didn't do nothing. Must not have been the will of God. Well, maybe he just wanted you to keep praying. It's kind of like my little old boy when he's small. He's grown now, but when he was small, he come there and knocked on my office door. And I said, yeah, buddy. And, and he said, come in and he said, Daddy, can I do so-and-so? And I said, no, son. I said, you, you can't do that. And, and he left. And it wasn't 15 minutes. He came back and I heard him knock on the door. He came in there and said, Daddy, can, can I do so-and-so? I said, no, son. I just told you. You can't do that. 
Well, about 30 minutes later, he came back and knocked on the door. And he asked me the same thing. He said, Daddy, can I do so-and-so? I said, no, son. I said, this is three times in less than an hour I've told you no. Why do you keep coming here and asking me? He said, I thought if I kept asking you, you'd change your mind. And you know, sometimes God just wants to see how sincere we are. Really how honest we are. Really if we want what we're really asking for. And I think sometimes God just lets us keep asking and searching and see how sincerity. My friend, he said that persistency. It's just kind of like that guy, my friend, that they come and ask him. Said, said uh, give us some bread. Give us some bread. He said, I'm asleep. And my friend, he said, I, I'm done the bed. The pins is in the bed. Go away. And that old boy just kept asking and kept asking and kept asking. He said, though he wouldn't get up for his friendship. But because of immaturity, that means his consistency. In Tennessee language, just that means that means that old boy said, if I'm going to get any sleep, I'm going to have to get him and give this boy some bread. And sometimes God wants to see our consistency and how sincere and honest we really are. Let me go a little farther. i got to quit. But I thought about not only persistent, but I thought about the partnership. Boy, aren't you glad we're not in this thing alone? <laughs> Over in the book of Romans, you know what he said? The Holy Spirit makes intercessions with groanings, which cannot be uttered. Now, all you doctors, I know you got all kinds of, but I just take that little literal. He said, he said he understands. You, you ever get to the place? You ever get to the place you can't find words? <laughs> and you're just laying in the floor in your office saying, "Oh, God. I go, mmm." <laughs> and then it ain't long you get some help. I believe what the Holy Ghost does. He still goes up further to the throne room, and he said, "God," he he said, "Oh, that means this," and mmm. That means this, and God says, take him this and take him that. And God comes down and bathes us with his grace and mercy. And next thing you know, boy, we feel revived and stirred. You know why? God, the Holy Ghost, is interceding on our behalf. Glad I'm not in this. See, see, he's always holy. He's always righteous. And thank God he's always got excess. When I hadn't got it, he's got it. My little old granddaughter, she was, she was about three years old, and I was in my office one day. I was praying. <laughs> And I mean, we was going through the fire. We was going through the fire. And I was laying in the floor, Brother Richard. I was praying, moaning before God. I was a groaning. I mean, my heart was cussed. And my little granddaughter, she was about three. She said, she told my wife, she said, what's wrong with Papa? And she said, don't bother Papa. She said, Papa's, Papa's carrying a load. She said, Papa's burdened. And he's carrying a load. We're fighting a lot. We're facing a lot of stuff. And don't bother Papa. And, 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 and the next thing I know, Brother David, I heard the, I heard the door open up into my office. And I just kept on laying the floor. And I was a moaning before God. And that little three-year-old, she got right down beside me. And I'd say, oh. And she'd say, oh. I'd go, oh. And she'd go, oh. I looked at her and said, what are you doing? I said, I'm, she said, I'm doing what you're doing. I said, keep it up. Keep it up. We got to get through to the throne room of God. Uh, I'd go, well, she'd get on. You know what? Them holes, we got some help. God come down and bay my old soul. I was a squalor. She looked up. She's a squalor. She didn't even know what she was crying about. I grabbed her and hugged her. And I said, thank you, girl. Thank you. You know what? She's there to help me. Boy, ain't you glad we got prayer partners? Ain't you glad we thank God in this by ourselves? Ain't it good you can call the brethren and say, pray for me? I mean, when my dad was pastor down in Trenton, Georgia, he got up one morning and he called a preacher from down in Georgia. He said, can you meet me at the church Saturday morning, 10 o'clock? He said, I'll be there. 
He called a preacher from up in Chattanooga. said, can you meet me at the church at 10 o'clock? He called four preachers. said, can you meet me at the church at 10 o'clock? And I never will forget. I always went with Daddy everywhere. And, and, and we went over that morning. Them four preachers sitting in the churchyard. Daddy opened the church door. We went in there and got down. And I can see it right now. Daddy was standing there and them four preachers around there. And Daddy said, hey, fellas, I've called you for one reason. Uh, he said, I, I'm having trouble breaking through. He uh, said, I just can't get through. I just, I'm just struggling. He uh, said, I've called you guys to help me. Uh, Brother Steve, I never will forget. Uh, my Daddy got down there and them old boys got around him. Uh, and my friend, they got to praying. Uh, and my friend, boy, they got to praying. The more they really got to praying. Uh, and all of a sudden, one of them old boys plugged in. Uh, I mean, I, you know he plugged in. It's just like, whoo, we went to the throne room. And my friend, he hit second gear. And I mean, he got to praying. Uh, and all of a sudden, man, the Holy Ghost come down there. Uh, and my daddy come up from there. He was a shouting, running around all that building. Boy, he said, glad thank God we got some partnership. We can pray one for another. We can call and say, I need prayer. And know that we got people that prays for and reaches up to the throne room of God. <laughs> Sometimes we need each other. Amen. And then I thought about this. I thought about in closing. Not only there's the privilege and the promise and the prayer and the procedure of the person, the pressure and the persistency and the partnership, but I thought about the product. He said, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. I don't know about you, I like much. When I eat, I like much. <laughs> don't you have to go to these places, you know? I know you're not, I know you're not supposed to tell us. You ever go so many places and, and they sit you down to eat? <laughs> you know, used to they fed preachers. Now they don't. They just give you a gift card. They don't want to go sit with you. Used to we eat in preachers' homes. Now we don't, I mean, people's homes. It was a thrill to have the preacher in their home. I pastored in Greenville, Tennessee. I stayed booked up on eating appointments at my church. I mean, two and three months ahead of time, we'd had appointments to go to their house on Sunday to eat lunch. Don't you hate to go to them places, Brother Steve? And you sit down and you look and say, I can, get it. I can eat every bit of this. But i got to share it with the rest of this crowd. <laughs> Amen. I just like it much. Amen. Ain't nothing wrong with that because God said, Facts of fervent prayer, right, men availeth much. I was going to, to Ohio to preach a meeting. I left about 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning, drove up and got up above Cincinnati. I'm a breakfast eater, so I thought I'd stop and give me some breakfast. I pulled in a little bit of restaurant. The girl come up there. She said, can I help you? I said, yes, ma'am. I said, I said I'd like to have a cup of coffee, sweet milk, biscuit, and gravy. Well, you know how it is down south. You get gravy, biscuit, and gravy. They just pour gravy all over it. You eat them two biscuits, and you get another bit. You can order another biscuit and sop up what gravy you got left. She brought me out. She said, sweet milk. I said, yeah. She said, you want me to put sugar in it? I said, No. I know I was in trouble when they didn't even know what sweet milk was. And here they come out, my gravy and biscuit. They had two little old biscuits in there. <laughs> it wasn't big as a half a dollar. Had one little dab of gravy on it. I looked at that, and I looked up at her, and I looked back down at that. She said, what's the matter? I said, this ain't going to work. I said, I got more biscuit than I got gravy. I said, I ain't even got enough to order a sopping biscuit. She didn't even know what the sopping biscuit was. She said, what you want me to do? I said, could you run that back to the kitchen by the gravy bowl and linger? She come back and had gravy all over it. <laughs> I ate them too. She come through. I said, man, could you bring me that sopping biscuit now? She brought that biscuit over. She said, I told them all in the kitchen that you, you wanted a sopping biscuit. Said, ain't nobody in there knows what you're talking about. <laughs> what are you saying, Mother God? It'll just give us enough to get by. 
Thank God he said he gives us much. He's able to do exceeding the bond above that. We'd ask to thank according to the work of the power that God works within us. Let me, let me close right quick. Let me close right this. I'll, I'll give you this verse and I promise I'll be through. But this, this is a good verse. If I can, if I can find this verse, uh, I think it's, uh, where's that verse that he said he gives us uh, everything that we ask for? Where's it in Ephesians? I think it's in Ephesians. Help me out, Brother Richard. Amen. Huh? Ephesians 3.20. Yeah, I know. It's hard to think about all that when you're preaching. You ever listen to this verse? Can you imagine Paul gets ready to write this verse? He's, he's being inspired by the Holy Ghost, and he's going to write this verse, Brother Steve. You know what he does? Can you imagine? He gets down to write that verse, and he's got his pen out, and he says, he says Now unto him that is able to do that we ask or think. Now that's good. Holy Ghost said, wait a minute, let's give it one more whirl. He said, now him is able to do all that we ask to think. Boy, that's better, ain't it? Paul starts to write that down. He said, oh, wait a minute. Let's, let's, let's try it one more time. He said, now him is able to do above all that we think of. I imagine old Paul said, "Woo!" He started writing, Holy Ghost said, let's do it again. Now he was able to do abundantly above all that we ask or think. <laughs> and then he comes back and said, one more time. Now he was able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us. God ain't in the skimping business. <laughs> God ain't in the getting by business. He said, the effectual fervent power of a righteous man availeth much. Well, the disciples over there, when Jesus was talking to them, they didn't say, Lord, teach us how to pray. They said, Lord, teach us to pray. If I can't do nothing this morning but challenge you to pray, I feel like I've done what I need to do. Amen. Amen. Amen.